Family, family, family. I got family. Family. Stick to making people laugh, you big jerk. Get under there. Do your thing. Oh, that's pretty, pretty damn good ape act in there. Because I didn't laugh once in this. Waka waka. I gotta see what holes I'm missing. I watched a couple of those because my mood was meh. it's a long weekend coming up, right? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's Memorial Day. Oh, nice. So yeah, That's right. So, you got plans? No, and that's the best plan in the world for me. I, I don't want to do a damn thing. Uh, other than stuff around the house, put in the garden, mow the lawn, that's it. Gotcha. Get, have, have some whiskey. That's you had a good time with your buddies last weekend? I think that you uh, had a big bachelor party thing. Uh, yeah, I, I got to go down for a night. They went, they set up this cabin for like four days. I was like, I mean... I I was like, there's no way, dude. That's like going to Vegas for a week. I did, I went to Vegas for a week too one time, and that will never happen again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was good getting together with the guys and getting rip roaring loaded. I mean, I uh, it got crazy. I don't even know what time I went to bed. It, and it, but I went down on like night. It was night two. So when I got down there at three in the afternoon, some people were sleeping. <laughs> on the couch. Oh, wow. I guess they were up till dawn, so I got uh, to get rowdy with them and made a bunch of great food and had a wonderful time, and uh, yep, I was not the first one to go to bed, and there was beer pong going on, and then I just was like, after the one guy went to bed, I was like, oh, oh I'm, I'm done. I am done. And I went and laid on the couch. I stole somebody's blanket and went and laid on the couch, and I woke up at six o'clock in the morning, uh, in the exact same position I closed my eyes in, and I I was like, nope, I gotta start moving right now, because if I just try and sit up and chill or eat some breakfast, it's, I uh, know, it's gonna be full-on hangover. And so I hit the, it was two and a half hours away, so it was a bit of a yeah. drive. I hit the road, and <laughs> that first hour was rough, but by <laughs> after yeah. that, I felt okay, I felt alright after that, and then, yeah, still kind of gutsy for a couple of days. It really can't just can't do that shit anymore at this age. If, if I stay up that late, it takes three days to recover. It, it's it's three days later till I feel somewhat normal again. But anyway, yep. I yep. Uh, stopped at a couple. Th- oh yeah, I stopped at a couple thrift stores on the way down and scored some more tapes. So that was cool. And the one place I had a handful of like five of them, and I said, "How much are these tapes, man?" And he goes, "You know what? Merry Christmas." I was like, "Yes, jackpot." So, uh, yeah. There, there. That that was my last weekend. Uh, what about you? Have you done anything fun lately? Um, no, 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 no. I haven't. No, no, nope. Oh, it's nope. It's been shit. It's been yep. shit. Pretty much. Yep. It's been pretty shitty. But okay. uh, a couple <laughs> movies. I mean, I'll, I'll be obviously talking about some movies that are good. Um, ah, even a couple of the movies I'm going to be talking about were uh, drill in my uh, temple awful. So there's that. Um, but, I, uh, I have the same. I have the same lineup. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow night is solo, though. I've got my tickets. I don't care what anybody says. I'm looking forward to it. Tomorrow night, it's all about solo. I've been hearing good reviews, man. And Empire, uh, the, Empire gave it a four out of five. Yeah, that's great. The chat boards are... Kathleen Kennedy, thanks. Then don't watch it, you asshole. Right. <laughs> I heard one guy was saying, 
Oh, I mean, the last one they made was the worst one ever, and we've got three Star Wars movies in, uh, or four, how was it, four, four Star Wars movies in three years. It's just overload, and they're killing the franchise, and it's like, then I go to look at the box office numbers, and I'm like, nope, no, they're not, no, they're not, they're fine. <laughs> Kids coming home from school. Okay. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I think with the box office is all that really matters when it comes to Star Wars, so everybody who doesn't like it can, uh... I don't know. Kiss my ass. Too bad. Quit yeah. watching them. Um, that's, yeah. that's the only yep. way you're, they're going to stop making them. And they just greenlit a Donald Glover movie, and they're working on a Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, and I don't... Bring it on. I'll watch a Greedo yeah. movie. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a shit what character they make a movie out of. I'll, I'll Jar Jar, make it make it kind of good, and hopefully, and I'll, I'll watch it. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I would. Who am I kidding? Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, you ready to talk about some movies? Let's do it. I sure am. Okay. Sorry, my son just came home from school, and he's got his John Deere hat on backwards. It looks oh. hilarious. I love that kid. Okay. Let's dive... Uh, go, blah, 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 blah. Afternoon show again. <laughs> Let's dive into the roulette. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't remember the spiel. Let's go to the roulette and dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Order 9 up against Justice League War, and you, sir, are up first. Okay, so... Full disclosure here, I did not watch it on uh, Movies Unlimited. I found another way to watch it because, uh, for some reason, all of my TVs have been, they kicked me out of your account for some reason, so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna try and go through God knows how many texts to find. That was my fault though. I thought you were trying to sign into something else, so I kept giving you the wrong thing. Yeah. That was my bad. I, I, now I know and it will be one simple procedure. Gotcha. So I just, I, I found another way to watch it and, um, just, so just putting that out there. So it wasn't as crystal clear as I'm sure your version would be, but I was able to watch it and I'm happy to report. Much like the, uh, Arkham Asylum, I, I enjoyed this. It's, not groundbreaking in my opinion, but for 70 some odd minutes, had a little smile on my face. It was enjoyable. They, much like, uh, the movie counterpart, I think, I think they, they get way more done in way less time than the movies, the actual live action movies do. And I, I enjoyed, even with the troubled, um, production on Justice League, I still enjoyed the movie, but yeah, this does the job, um, introducing the characters quickly. And pushing the PG-13 rating as far as they can, it seems like it really seems like they embrace that PG-13 with some bad language and some just the violence. It seems like they're very much trying to be not Marvel uh, or like they're blazing their own path, especially with these animated movies. But man, I liked it. The the uh, animation, well, I mean, it was good. It's more anime style. Um, the voice acting was fine. Easy watch. Uh, this was, I actually watched this like the day after we recorded last, and I've been sick and dealing with just work, 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 work. So I, it's kind of a haze, but thumbs up. How's that? <laughs> cool. No, that's fine by me. Yeah. I just, yeah. I really loved some of the way the characters met each other and some of the ways they just showed, uh, like Batman's detective skills and his ninja skills by, slipping the ring off Green Lantern's finger, and um, when he met Superman, let's just put it that way, when he yeah. stops him when he's charging, I thought that was amazing. And why couldn't you have just done stuff? It's so simple. And that, yeah. you hit the ground running and you go. Yeah, but yeah, it, it 
did the job, and especially after the last couple just terrible roulettes, this was actually nice to just, anymore I can tell, like, these are not my favorite type of movies or animated movies, but for a a breather from the ocean of shit that we wade through, this is a nice reprieve. Yep, no doubt so about I gave, that. I gave it three out of five, exactly same exact same score that I gave uh, Arkham Asylum. What was the other one line I was going to say? Oh, you're not just a guy in a suit, are you? <laughs> oh, I kind of remember. Was yeah, Green Lantern is talking to Batman. Oh, he's trying. He's okay. like, "What powers do you have?" <laughs> he's like, "Oh, no, nope, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, yep. nope. Can't fly. Nope, nope. You're not just a guy in a suit, are you?" And he just kind of smiles at him a little bit. It's like, "Yeah." All right. Uh, over on my side, Orbiter Nine. A woman who's been alone on a spaceship her whole life becomes enamored with an engineer who suddenly enters her life and upends her entire universe. Okay, I'm going to do this review in two parts. Okay. First off is a spoiler-free, and then I will do spoilers for you. I give this movie a passing thumbs up. It's a decent enough flick. Um, It was not what I expected it to be at all, and... I, that's kind of a detriment for me. When I realized what was going on, I was like, oh, eh, well, okay, I guess we're doing this now. But they couldn't really tell you the full plot without ruining it. So they couldn't prepare you for that without giving away the whole freaking movie. Had I known all of that, I don't. I, probably, I might still have watched it. Anyway, I give it a passing thumbs up. If it sounds interesting to you, go check it out. I don't think Eugene would like it, so I'm going to spoil it for you. Okay. Um, so you have been warned, people. That's the end of no spoilers. Spoilers are coming for Orbiter 9. If you don't want to know spoilers, skip ahead a little bit. Okay, so here's what happens. This uh, girl is born in this spaceship, and she's part of these pioneers that are traveling to another planet. And it's going to take so long to get there that she's going to spend her entire life... I mean, she's going to spend like 40 years getting there. She was, like, born on this ship. Okay. Her parents, at one point, I mean, when she was big enough, I guess, there was some sort of malfunction with the air recycling unit, and they determined that they would not make it to the next waypoint where there's an engineer who can dock and fix it. So the only way for the daughter to survive, the parents had to abandon ship, basically commit suicide. So they left her on this ship by herself so that she has enough oxygen to get to the engineer. So then she gets there, and at this point she's probably, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, something like that. Um, the engineer comes on board, is there for, like, two days, fixes the thing, and then she seduces him, kind of, because she's like, I'm not going to see another human for 25, 30 years or some shit like that. And then the engineer leaves, but when he leaves, we follow him instead of her. And he leaves, he's leaving the docking bay in full space suit and goes up his this elevator thing and opens a door and walks out onto Earth. Okay. This is like the first 20 minutes of the movie. So what's what it turns out is that you, uh, you got gerbils and cages. They need to go to another planet, but they don't know if they can survive the journey. So they have selected like 10 people that are born in these pods and they want to see the effects of basically living your whole life in a spaceship. And the guy falls in love with the girl, and then it becomes a romance movie, kind of, and then he breaks her out, and she's amazed that she's on Earth and everything around her, and she's never seen a tree, and then they're on the run, and do you see how this movie plays out now? Oh, uh, I'm already being not interested. I, it's not for you. 
the acting was all fine. The the direction was fine. It was shot well. It looks good. It's interesting, but it's, I was hoping for a, a true hard-on sci-fi movie, and this just has a little bit of gloss to it. But, I mean, ah, pass for the most part. It was better than Sam Worthington flying around Saturn's oh. moon like an idiot, right? Yes, at least this was a, at least this movie made some sort of sense. Okay. I, and that movie pissed you off by the time it was over. At least yes. they told you this 20 minutes in. I don't know if I would have liked it better that way or if it had been a reveal at the end, but I don't know. I've, I've now seen about three movies like this where it's, we're trapped in space, oh wait, we're on Earth. You know, and that's the twist, reveal or uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, enough of that. Let's get on to the next round. Okay. And the next round is, of course, episode 200. And we've gone another 100 episodes already. Can you believe it? I mean, I, I thought it would... It feels like it wasn't that long ago. And I was like, oh boy, it's going to be a long time till we get around to watching those movies. But here we here are. Here we are. <laughs> Go ahead and sell me on your movie. Okay, so... Tenebrae from 1982. One of my all-time favorite movies... And favorite uh, Giallo slash, <laughs> slash slasher movies, because this tends to veer a bit more into the slasher category than Giallo, but there is still a nice, healthy dosing of both. In fact, I would dare say that other than uh, Suspiria, this is Dario Argento's uh, best movie. Uh, I've watched this countless times. I love the uh, brutal, brutal gore sprinkled throughout it. I love the camera work. The music by Goblin. Everything about this is classic Dario Argento firing on all cylinders. And, um, it even, and you and I have talked about this before about why you originally didn't much care for the movie is some of the acting is pretty meh. And it is, but I think that sells it for me even a bit more. I, I like the, like this feels so Italian. And I like that. I, you know, I, I love these types of movies. And this one has all of those in, Spades. Even some of the nonsensical stuff, I've grown to love those scenes. And even the, like, at some point they kind of tie in, but there are definitely some nonsensical things going on in the movie, but it just adds to that wacky early 80s Italian Giallo vibe. But, uh, <clears throat> this one here, uh, more than likely I'll watch it again. Just even talking about it makes me want to watch it again. And, um, I, the thing is, because it is a, murder mystery type thing. I don't want to say too much more. I'm not sure how much of it you remember, but it is one of my favorite movies, and therefore it is time for Eric to give it a rewatch. Okay, sounds good. And coming your way is 2009's Richard Kelly-directed The Box. Now, the first time I watched this movie, I was kind of eh, on it, and the second time I watched it, it really clicked together for me, and after I read up on it. And... There are some, th I understand why some people don't like this movie because there are some things that are a little vague and you would have to watch a couple times to kind of puzzle piece together. I'll tell you kind of my theory on it and then, cause I want you to be prepared and to kind of look for some of these things this time around. So th this will be spoilers for the box, but you've already seen it. So I don't feel bad yep. telling you. I'm just warning the audience. Uh, Norma and Ar Arthur are uh, approached by this guy and given a box with a red button. He says, Here's the option. If you push the button, you will get $1 million tax-free, but somewhere, somebody you don't know will die. After going back and forth, they decide to push the button. Now, here is my theory on this. It is revealed in the movie, and you got to pay attention when there's newscasts and stuff in the background, and they're showing pictures of people and just kind of detective walls. you got to kind of pay attention to the, the 
background of the ether to really kind of put it all together. But that guy that offered them the box was struck by lightning, and it has something to do with aliens. So I believe he is an alien. He's being controlled by an alien. They are putting this test to the human race, and they're doing it through couples. So, and and it's a test. If you push the button, you fail the test. And if you fail the test, then you're now one of their, like, zombie drones. Okay? So, throughout this movie, there are weird people that pop up with our main protagonists. And they will do weird things, like hold up two fingers, or stuff like that. And you're just like, what the hell does that mean? Well, later in the movie, he is forced to pick a doorway out of three doorways. And he picks doorway number two. So he survives and is redeemed. Do you, you, you follow yes, me so far? Yeah, I gotcha. Um, uh, well, I don't know if, uh, if he's fully redeemed or if he's... I think he's redeemed, but he might just be part of the zombie th- crew. So I think the aliens, all these people that fail, they become part of the zombie crew. And, it, and the aliens can control them at any time. But I think that you still ha- retain a little bit of power when they're not looking. So that's why they, you can try and give clues to your fellow man to help survive this worldwide test that they are putting mankind through. Um, obviously, later in the movie, I mean, uh, so-and-so dies, but it's because somebody else was offered the box, somebody else pushed the button, and the people that die were people that failed the test, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it goes around in a circle like that. But I thought it was so interesting how on rewatch, the movie gets better and better for me because... I see those weird things now, and I realize what the person is trying to say without saying, because they can't verbally say it without getting busted by the invaders, as I put it. Uh, So anyway, I'd like you to give it another watch. Even if you don't like it on second watch, it's uh, easy to watch. It's a well-made film, and it it looks great, so it's not like it's an irritating movie, you know? Um, Even if you come away with the same review as last time, eh, oh well, you might. Um, I think the movie is kind of brilliant, and I think down the road it will be revered a little more than it is currently. Okay. I'm looking forward to giving that a rewatch. Some science fiction movies just take time. Some of them don't find their audiences right away. Yeah, that one I saw in the theater back in 2009 when it came out, and it just did not do anything for me. But, you know, that's nine years ago now, so time to give it another rewatch. That will be interesting. There you go. And I don't know if it'll be next week. We might have a classic episode next week, but because life has just been crazy around here, might need a a break. But uh, I'm also working on some other things for the show to spruce them up for Big 200. So we will see how that all goes. I wonder what the movies will be for episode 300. Well, we need to think about that for uh, the next time we record. And we should get Steven on for that. Yes, we should. And I, actually, I really liked it. we should make him watch both of those movies. Yes, I agree. Uh, I really like how things went with the first, the first two that we did on episode one hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that we found another two. So there's, I'm sure that there's going to be another two that I, you know, I absolutely love, and you are Matt on, and vice versa. So just have to dig through the collections, yep. try to find something. Okay, there you go. Next time, the box in Tenebre. Uh, I figured we'd just do a little recently watched, and till we have... See uh, where that goes? Yeah, till we uh, fulfilled some time here, and then we'll wrap it up. You first. I promise, listeners, we will get back onto our, our groove here soon, once things just calm down, but 
our private lives are a bit crazy. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you want this in here, but our private lives are a bit crazy right now. No, it's fine. I've got to explain. At least you're getting an episode. Yes, exactly. And hey, it's uh, the low, low price of free. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To everyone except for me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay, so I'm up. Yeah, go for it. Do two. Okay. Do two or three or whatever you want to do. Okay, well, let's start by asking you a question. Do you want a shit review or a good movie? Uh, Because so I've got both in spades. Or, well... Give me one of each. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's start with... um, We'll start with shit, then. Let's get the shit out of the way. Shit would be director's cut. Have you heard of this movie? This is Penn... That's the title of the movie? That's the title of the movie, yeah. Well, it's a shit title. Yep. Shit movie, too. Uh... So, director's cut is, um, yeah, Penn Gillette is in this, and um, there's actually numerous uh, people in the movie that you would recognize, and it has a an interesting premise, which is basically um, the behind-the-scenes of making a movie, and you hear the director doing the, basically, the audio commentary on, here's a movie, here's scenes that are being played out, it's a murder mystery slasher thing, and then we see behind-the-scenes stuff where director is kind of filming with his own home video camera interspliced with the movie itself. And uh, here it turns out that, um, I mean, spoiler, I guess, Penn is a, uh, he's a crazy fan. And he he uh, kidnaps the lead actress of the movie and uh, starts killing some of the cast and crew. And it's his director's cut. And it's very meta and as far as, like, You'll notice here in the like there'll be a pen that circles on the screen. Like here's product placement, and here's why they do product placement. And oh, here they're using an e-cig. That's another product placement thing. And oh, those two dudes are gay, but they blah 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 blah. And it's supposed to be witty and funny, and it wasn't witty and funny at all. It it didn't work for me at all. Uh, so does that make? I mean, it's it, they tried something different, but. Yeah, I kind of get, it seems like that would be a fine short film, but it would be kind of irritating for 90 minutes. Exactly. That honestly right there is the problem, is this probably could have been good as a 30-minute weird little uh, film school project, because the budget was obviously fairly low, but man, it was, I mean, they actually, they got some name actors, Gilbert Gottfried's in it, Lynn Shea's in it, Uh, so I mean, there's some name actors in it, and I'm guessing they probably were on board because... Pen and Teller is in it too. Um, that's kind of cool, but it just, oh, it was so boring and not funny and just that shtick wore off so fast. So anyway, stick with your stand up or whatever you do, Pen. Eh, meh. <laughs> um, okay. That was the shit. Stick to making people laugh, you big jerk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause I didn't laugh once in this. Waka waka. Um, okay, so the good. Um, here we go. Sicario rewatch. Um, I believe that you've seen Sicario. I have, and then I bought it on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched my Blu-ray yet. I, I want to rewatch it. So. Which I did the same thing. Um, I'm happy to report that I actually enjoyed this way more the second time than I did the first time. And I enjoyed it quite a bit the first time, but the rewatch on it, uh, I, I loved this movie. I I actually, I think I gave it a four-star rating. I bumped it up a half-star on rewatch, so it's 4.5. And I think the reason that the first time that... I felt like the middle section, uh, when they're on the 
they're on that highway and they're trying to get back into the United States and that there's that tense standoff scene. It's, to, in my opinion, it's the best scene in the whole movie. Well, that's by the, barely the midway point. And nothing quite reaches that awesomeness, I guess. Like when they go to Juarez and yeah. they get, yeah. So that's, I think, the highlight of the movie. And then everything else after that is still great, but not quite to that level. And I think the first time I watched it, it bugged me a little. Upon rewatch, totally fine. I, it's still, I still think it's the best part of the movie, but everything that comes after that, especially with Benicio del Toro is spot on. I really appreciate that uh, Denny Villeneuve uh, took what originally was an Emily Blunt type movie and basically her being sucked into this crazy world of the law doesn't really exist when we're out to get the drug cartels. And then towards the end, they he switches it and almost makes it a Benicio del Toro movie and his story arc. Uh, and I thought that was Brilliant. It worked so, so good. And when you find out the reason behind Benicio del Toro and how everything is going down and why everything's going down, it just, it's heartbreaking and perfect. And I, and I like that there is no punches pulled. Like, if someone deserves to die in this movie, they're probably going to get, they're probably going to be dead. Yeah. Um, the score is A plus. The, it's from the minute the movie starts, there's this, there's this like background, background, noise uh, that is just uncomfortable uh, and it keeps you on edge the entire movie entire movie um, like huge huge th- thumbs up I'm actually at this point and I should have my I you know I I should temper my expectations but I'm actually quite looking forward to Sicario 2 I I think it's got the same writer if I'm not mistaken I could be wrong on that that's I, good. I, or maybe he stepped up to direct I can't remember there was there was a well, con- I know that Villeneuve is not back right. which that doesn't surprise me and yeah Emily Blunt is neither but hey Josh Brolin's back Benicio del Toro's back I give me some more Mexican drug cartel uh nastiness I'm bring it on <laughs> It's a great trailer except for that weird way that it, where he sticks his finger in the pistol at the end to shoot the guy You remember that that part's yeah. weird Yeah I do and even with, I went yeah. to trailer 2 just to see if they kept that part in or if they changed it. They kept it in. They kept kept with yeah. them. Like, that's really weird. Okay. So I, I hope there's a story behind why he does that at some point, but it just looked funny. Like, yeah. okay, guy. <laughs> Josh Brolin and his flip-flops and moppy hair. And I, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that um, he underplays it, but that totally works because it's almost like, I don't give a shit. We're going to go kill some, you know, we're going to go kill some drug cartels. I mean, come on, come along. Wee. <laughs> uh, but he just, he plays it more, always flatching on gum. Yeah. Uh, but it's really like, he sells that role so good as the, ah, I've been doing this for a long time. I really don't give a fuck. Right. So great, great movie. I highly recommend that movie. If you haven't seen it, it didn't do the best, which I gotta say, the, the fact that there's a sequel is really, really surprising. Maybe it's just the fact that it got such accolades. The first one, like, it didn't do that good. Did it get nominated for Oscars? I kind of feel like it did. It might have. um, I'm just looking here. Um, Yeah, I mean, it made $84 million worldwide on a budget of 30. So, I mean, that's okay. Um, Boy, even $30 million, I mean, it felt epic. I like that the whole movie itself felt very epic in scope. Denny's Denny that is good is at a that, great though. director. He is very good. I'm actually I'm interested to see where this guy goes. Like it, I feel Oscars are in his future, and you know, Lord of the Rings type movies. I mean, hell, he did you know Blade Runner, which was fantastic. And honestly, you want me to compare his trajectory right now 
I would say it's almost uh, Kubrickian. Oh, huh. Think about the, Interesting. the first couple little thrillers he made, and uh, that one yeah. with the spiders, and I mean, it's on an up and up and up and up. It seems like everything he does has a bigger following. I mean, I know that Blade Runner bombed, but so did the first one. Yeah. And speaking of sci-fi movies that didn't become loved until 20 years after they were made, Blade Runner, the first one, got crushed yeah. by critics, and it was a bomb. And Prisoners was foul. Prisoners was fantastic. Enemy was really good. Arrival was the one that, eh, just the heavy subject matter made it a bit more tough. But I appreciate what the movie is and the craft behind that movie. It's not one that I'm going to be rewatching anytime soon. Though. Me either. And I own the Blu-ray. But I, yeah. I said it at the time when I reviewed it. I can't believe a studio greenlit this. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Uh, anyway, sorry, that's my rabbit trail. I, I'm thoroughly impressed with his uh, film resume and especially Sicario. I would dare say that Sicario is probably my favorite movie from him, even more so than Blade Runner. I've only watched Blade Runner once, but this is my I love that those gritty cop movies. I love that, especially when they nail it like they did with Sicario. Yeah. Well, I'll bump it up. I need to rewatch that one. Uh, but that's a Blu-ray. <laughs> Who wants to watch those when I got VHS? Here we go. Here we go. First up on the uh, the mess uh, from 2002. And I want you to keep that in mind. 2002. The times and the styles. And, uh, oh yeah. Highway. After Jack gets caught with a Vegas mob's wife in bed, he's got to hit the road. And Jack's best friend, whose name is Pilot, accompanies him. And the pair sets out on an adventure akin to... Jack Kerouac's book on the road. And this is the reason I picked this one up is because it was cheap and it stars Jared Leto, Jake Gyllenhaal, Selma Blair, John C. McGinley, Jeremy Piven. Like, I got to see this. I've never heard of it. That's a good cast. And it's okay. I mean, these guys, this is before, kind of before they were stars, in my opinion, because they're playing buddies, but they're goofy stoner. Jake Gyllenhaal is the goofy stoner guy, man. And uh, Jared Leto is like kind of the, oh, I mean, he's I'm trying to think of a description. He's kind of an idiot that just is always trying to bang chicks and but he can't orgasm for whatever reason he hasn't had an orgasm in like five years or something and there's a, a gay curious subtext in there somewhere um <laughs> but they are funny in the movie and it's funny seeing them before they were more household names and i gotta say i kind of enjoyed the movie is it great no <laughs> uh but it was interesting seeing these guys playing those roles and those styles in the early aughts were just, they're so bad. Awful. They're so bad. Terrible. And I, but I love Selma Blair in just about anything. And she was really cool in this. Um, it sounds like I'm giving it a glowing review, but it's more like I'm glad to have this really weird lost piece of cinema in my collection just because I stumbled upon it and was like, I have never heard of this movie. And obviously there's a reason why, but. Uh, it was watchable, and it, it's just a road movie, so it's, you know, it's harmless. You've seen a million of these. Um, little bits of action here and there, and it was funny. I, I just kind of got a kick out of seeing the younger versions of these guys. Uh, next up, so that one, as far as VHS goes, that just gets to exist as a weird little thing in my collection that nobody's heard of. Um, but this next one, I, I want to make sure I get the title right here, because it's trying to... Vi for the longest title in cinema history. Um, 
this is one that I remember renting a fair amount of times back in the VHS days, but I have not seen it since the VHS days. I was very curious how it would hold up, and when I came across a Warner clamshell of it, I had to, of course, grab it. And I, that was, dude, I think that was one of the free ones I got from that place. It was. It's like, holy shit, this is awesome. Okay. Uh, that is Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. <laughs> and I always just remembered it as Tarzan. And I do believe, I could be wrong, but it said introducing uh, Christopher Lambert, Lambert. So this might have been his first movie. Mm, what, man. Can you, can you look at What's the year on that one? Um, 1984? That doesn't sound right, but the credits, it, yeah. in the credits, it said introducing Christopher Lambert. Huh. So, whatever. Okay. Uh, this is, of course, the retelling of the Tarzan tale, 135 minutes long. Have you seen this movie? Ooh, I have not. I've never, I know exactly which movie you're talking about, but never seen it. It's a good movie. I like this one a fair amount. I mean, obviously, it's an epic. It's for being that long. It feels like an epic. And I remembered that, um, there was the stuff with him in the jungle being raised by apes after shipwreck, a baby washed up in this jungle and is raised by apes or no, no, they were shipwrecked. But then his uh, father had him and it was doing some kind of studies on the jungle. And then the apes killed him and then rescued the baby and the baby grew up raised by apes. And the apes are obviously men in suits, but they do a, a weird thing where, well, it's weird to look at. It's like the apes in 2001, A Space Odyssey. You know they're not real. But they, sometimes you're like, ah, I don't know, that's pretty, pretty damn good ape act in there. You know what I mean? Yep, But when I you do. get a good shot on the face and you're like, ah, it's not real. I remember that stuff taking place, and then I remember it being boring for a long time. Because they, he gets rescued, or, or uh, he saves another human who is in the jungle for whatever reason, and then that guy teaches him how to speak and takes him back to society where he turns out he's the son of a powerful Lord in England and has inherited millions and land and all kinds of shit. So that was my memory of it. But watching it again, uh, that ape stuff was half the movie, I think. And that's the best stuff. Like that stuff was all real interesting. How he, his acting like as an ape man kind of was fantastic. And Oh, that part, that stuff was all real interesting. When he goes back to society, it does get a little less interesting. Meh. Well, it's kind of bonnet times, you know? So it's, uh, I mean, it was okay. Andy McDowell was in there, really young Andy McDowell as Jane. And, I mean, that it was, it was still interesting. It still, you know, I kept my attention, whatever. But then in the end, he goes back to the jungle. And, uh, the, but the jungle stuff was beautiful and huge, huge sets and Christopher Lambert swinging on these huge vines naked. And I mean, it was, it wasn't, what's it rated? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look here. It was not cheesy to me. You know, I, even though you could tell it's sets and lagoons that are fake and the gorillas are all fake, obviously, but it didn't feel cheesy to me. Like they were very sincere in what they were making. You know, it's not friggin' and Sino man being a goofy and swinging around on vines or whatever in the George of the jungle. And it was very sincere. And so I, I appreciate that. And I still quite enjoyed the movie. I don't know. I'll be watching it too many times because of how long it is, but yeah. uh, you should definitely check it out sometime, but you know, get yourself a good Blu-ray transfer of it. And I think that even though some of the makeup and uh, sets and yada, yada are definitely dated at this point, they are dated to our childhood. So I think that, 
even on your first watch, I think you would appreciate them, even though you can tell they're not real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Gray Stoke. Hold on. Gotta get, gotta, gotta get the... And the, any ideas, your VHS, that's a clamshell, right? Yeah, it's a... Any idea if that's worth any amount of money or anything? Or I have no idea. Probably not. The Legend of Greystoke, the Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. There you go. That's two for All right. me. Okay, let's talk about Fast and the Furious real quick, shall we? Hell yeah! Because I watched a couple of those because my mood was meh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, hell with this, let's... You bragged the last two up enough where I'm like, I want mindless action. Give me mindless action and uh, hopefully it's better than part six because six is where I kind of, eh, I just, I, I, I watched it in the theater. I haven't watched it since then, but that, that whole runway scene at the very end for some reason just didn't click with me and it just, it was a lesser Fast and Furious movie than the previous few. I agree. So I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know what? They're I think they're running out of steam. I'm I'm good. I'm getting too old for this shit. I've been fast and furious enough. Yeah. Well, I am happy to say that I was wrong in that assessment because Fast and Furious Seven, whatever it's called, uh, it's called it? Fast. fast and, I call it Fast and Furious Seven. It's it's Seven okay, Furious a, or something. Yeah, the eighth one is fi- the Fate of the Furious. But okay, Fast and Furious Seven is the last one that Paul Walker was in and directed by James Wan. I watched the, uh, the, did I watch the theatrical? No, no, no. I watched the extended version of that one and then the director, or, I'm sorry, then the theatrical cut of the last one. Um, and, and that's the, that's the right thing to do. Trust me. Okay. Because I got to say that uh, part seven, even though it was really long, uh, I liked the director's cut. Like it may have been able to be shorn up a bit, but what I saw on screen was Kick ass. Uh, way better than... Now, again, I haven't seen Part 6 for quite a while, but I enjoyed this worlds more than Part 6. Here's the thing. I just rewatched 4 through 8 when I got 8, which was not that long ago. It was like 6 months or with a year ago. I can tell you what 4 is about. I can tell you what 5 is about. I can't tell you what 6 is about. I can tell you what 7 and 8 are about. I, I It's a blind spot. I So I agree. It does not... Even, eh, eh. Yeah, yeah. Um, the send-off of uh, Paul Walker is done beautifully, very tasteful, and it just worked, especially with the whole family theme running through this series, <laughs> um, which gets to almost comical levels in 7 and 8. I mean, family, family, family! I got family! Take a shot family. every time they say family. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be hammered by the 15 minute mark. be dead because these movies are two and a half hours long. Yes. Uh, But I, I, um, I'm going to kind of review these two together because I watched them so close in such close proximity. Um, I, you know, I really like that. These are essentially a mashup of like James Bond and uh, Mission Impossible, I guess just mash those together and throw in a bunch of exotic cars and boom, fast and furious. That's what that, that's what these movies are at this point. Thumbs up. I like that. Um, give me more submarines blowing up. Give me more <laughs> Jason Statham whipping ass. Uh, more rocking him one-liners. Oh, they, they, their back and forth is so good. Um, and I don't know what The Rock does other than work out 24 hours a day, but that dude is like Godzilla. He's, <laughs> he's huge in these movies. Huge. Yep. yep. 
Um, I said there. I I said when I reviewed it, part eight. There, there's a a fight in a prison in part eight, and oh. it's basically like a kaiju battle. It it is Godzilla and King Kong fighting King Ghidorah and whatever. I mean, it's it's madness. Yeah. Um, and it's there are these things are completely ridiculous, but they know it. They've they've found their niche, and it totally works. Uh, I I gotta say, I thought that uh, the the villain, um, what a, I'm drawing a blank in part eight. Um, Charlize Theron. Sh- yes, Charlize Theron. Uh, she was really, really good as a hissable. I, I hated her. Yep. Uh, but she was great, and that's one thing that maybe part seven didn't quite have as much as part eight is a villain of that despicableness. Yeah. Um, having said that, though, man, I I'm having trouble finding much that I didn't enjoy about these. They're silly. They're ridiculous, but that's part of their charm is they're exactly what you think they're going to be. Huge budget, fun. I had to laugh when we were texting that you you had watched 7 and you and you loved it and I was so it made me so happy because I love these movies and I've been trying to get you to watch them but they're so long that it's hard for me to push them too hard. And you're like, "Oh, you, how much you loved 7?" You're like, "There's no way 8's that good." And I'm like, "Dude, it's better." <laughs> and I was just like, just, you're like, the, but the carnage in this one, I'm like, just wait, dude, just wait till you get to eight. And then you get to eight where she's controlling all the cars. Oh, that was crazy. <laughs> was, I mean, it was so ridiculous and far-fetched and awesome. Yeah, awesome. but it still kind of worked. That was great. Oh, you know, yeah, it's the God's Eye thing or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, fine. Just crash, just crash cars for me, please. <laughs> Destroy Lambos. Yep. That's what I want to see. And the whole crew having to hunt down Dom. I thought that was interesting. Like That was really good, yeah. I thought it was up. funny. Yeah, with the, um, um, not ludicrous. the other guy, uh, the, what's his name? Roman. Roman, yeah. Um, it was funny when they get towards the end of the movie and they're all in the, like, the Russian, wherever, they're in the, the snow yeah. and ice and the submarine, and I'm like, and he's driving a Lamborghini. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Why? And I'm like, someone had better make reference to the fact that he's driving a Lambo in the middle of, you know, Siberia or whatever. And because who would do, like, that's not the type of car you need to drive. And they, and I'm like, they do. They acknowledge that. They're like, dude, what? Why are like, and, then, why? and they destroy it in seconds. Oh, they, de- they destroyed it. <laughs> that was so funny. And the, the car that Dom is driving at that point, where it's all beefed up and wrecked out. And yeah. Whatever, it might be my favorite car of the whole series. That car was unbelievable. Yep. Sick. Ah, oh, that was yep. so great. And they all, like, all the cars drive around and, like, cover Dom and... Because it's their family. Yeah, that, that part was, yeah, that was the family. most ridiculous part. That oh, that was more ridiculous, ridiculous than ramping a car to wreck a heat-seeking missile into a submarine. Like, that was more believable than them yes. surrounding him to protect him from yeah. flames. <laughs> yeah. Or even, or even the $3 million whatever car way up in the high-rise in Part 7 yeah. that they... <laughs> One building to the next, to the next, to the next, or whatever. I'm like, sure, sure. That's uh, well, and see, and the thing is, when they were jumping from building to building, that was more believable than dumb being able to pick up the car. Oh, easily, yeah. Just uh, get on, get under there, do your thing. I'm like, what? Uh, okay. What yeah. oh, I'm, I'm like, uh, I, I buy it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah beefcake, beefcake, Vin. Yeah. There's something else I wanted to mention about eight. Uh, oh, we in te- okay. This gets a little spoilery if anybody gives a crap. But um, we were texting, and I said that the biggest issue I have with eight is that Stath- Statham killed Han, 
and there's no way they would accept him in the family yeah, after I killing agree. Han. But upon rewatching this movie, um, we learn more about Statham's character. We assumed he's just a thug like his brother, but he in seven. But it turns out that he was not necessarily. He was military, and d- disagrees with his brother's way of working and whatever. And he worked with Dom to save his son. Maybe that gets him into the family f- uh, past the mistaken identity of killing Han. You know what I mean? Like he didn't re- yeah. he thought that they were just vindictively going after his his family and that's why he killed Han. Uh, so maybe they can kind of maybe I could kind of buy it after saving the baby. You know what I mean? Did they, did they show did they um did they show uh Statham killing Han? Yes. Oh. Shit. I mean I what, they, he he uh he wrecks his car. I think that was at the end of 6. Yes. He it was he wrecks him cuz Han dies in part 3. But yeah. then Han's in four or in five. Well, I don't know about four, but he's in five for sure, and six until the end when he gets when part three comes into play and he gets killed yeah. by Statham and Statham calls Vin Diesel and says, "I'm coming for your family" or something like that. At any rate, uh, so rewatching part eight uh, made me think maybe saving his baby and and kind of being like yeah that han thing my bad i th- you know we d- thought it was i thought you guys were just a gang of mercenaries or you know whatever eh, maybe yeah. you can kind of let it be like fallen soldier thing you know cuz i can't imagine they're not going to not address that at some point because at the very end of part 8 they're all having beers and praying and oh i i, I cook out on the top of the roof and i don't yeah. expect them to address it this is fast and furious we know why. I mean, we've got flying cars and uh, robot cars yeah. and uh, super hacking. Well, they brought back the um, brought back the good old boy from part three. <laughs> He's in this thing for all of two minutes. Thank Christ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then be on your way. But you know what? Yes. Even though I hate part, I need to buy part three because I have to have them all at this point, and I need to give Me it too. an Me honest too. rewatch because it's. I watched it once and hated it. And it's been so long, um, but. Uh, I do appreciate that even though that is a lesser entry and my least favorite by far, I do appreciate that they had that guy in there for the same reason that I appreciate in Rogue One where they had uh, one of the guys from the prequels was in the uh, Jimmy Smiths, was it? Oh, yes. Jimmy Smiths? Yep, it was. I really appreciate that because, as I've said before, while those movies may be lesser than the whole saga, it admits that those characters are real and they exist. And it... It just, I, that makes me happy. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why, but yeah, I appreciate it. I agree. It. Yeah. Now, do you think that because, um, Paul Walker's character is obviously no longer with us, um, I'm, I'm, this is just a hunch, but I'm assuming that, uh, Scott Eastman, or I'm sorry, uh, I'm assuming <laughs> that Scott Eastwood. <laughs> oh, I'm leaving that in because that's your obsession <laughs> with your man, George. Oh, oh, Mr. George. Yes. yes. Which more on him later. <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I have to every week. I've got to watch a George Eastman yeah. movie. I have to. I have to. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so Scott Eastwood. Uh, I I'm kind of thinking that because he's very like oh Mister Nobody Man or whatever. They yeah. really joke with him. It feels like they're trying to bring him into the family, and he's going to be kind of the replacement for Paul Walker's character. Well, we got to get a the... white boy in there to to lead this. You know. Yeah. yeah. But he was really good too, man. It was these are great movies, just ridiculous, over the top, big budget, but done right. Like there are some big budget movies like this that just don't work, but this just works. I 
Couldn't agree more. And oh, and with, I know what else I want to talk about. Fast and Furious 8. You don't need the director's cut. The director's cut, or I don't even think, I don't even know if it's a director's cut or, but an extended cut. But okay. it was, I haven't watched a the theatrical yet. So tell me, was there a scene where The Rock is coaching his daughter's soccer game? Uh, there is. It was. It didn't last too long. Oh, but there it's is like a scene. seven, eight, ten minutes in the director's cut where they're just cracking jokes on the sidelines. And yeah, there's some. Jo- I, I, dude, it goes on it, and on and on, and they even repeat certain lines, so you can tell that oh, this is just extra cuts and deleted scenes where it's he's being okay, funny I, that they just put back in, and it's it totally stands out as being stuff that should be cut. It yeah. it's not like seven where you can't even tell what was theatrical and directors. Yeah. Same with, uh, that's a great point with, uh, I generally tried to watch director's cuts and I remember like that reminds me of the A-Team. I've only watched the extended version of the A-Team once. Much prefer the theatrical yep. cut yep. of A-Team. It felt, it felt like that. It felt like these jokes don't quite work and it, it the pacing is now kind of off. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually very glad that the, the voodoo one that I have is you actually, you were so generous and gave me the voodoo code for the, uh, yeah. Theatrical cut. Yeah, of I made that Furious mistake. <laughs> I was like, haha, I got the extended cut. You can have the theatrical. Yeah. And then it turns and it's out. 15 minutes difference. I checked. I'm like, 15 mi- extra minutes for the extended. I'm like, that's a lot. Oh, 15 minutes though. I wonder if, I mean, surely it's not any car stuff. When you're pushing two and a half hours, there's no way they're cutting the nitpicky minute here, minute there of car stuff. I wouldn't think. Now, I'll have to watch um, the theatrical and see if I notice anything missing. And I will watch them again pretty soon because. I literally, every two years, maybe, every year or two, I can sit down and just watch all of these movies, and in a week, you know? And every yeah. and I don't get sick of them. It, it's, they're freaking great. Now, when was the last time you watched part three? I know that, I mean, or did you just go through four through eight? I just went four time? through eight this last time. Because uh, okay. I wonder how, I, I know that I, I enjoyed the first one for what it was, and then I think part two was quite, that was really good, and then three was that huge step down, and then they got their footing back again with part four. Yep. I just, oh, I love, Roman kills me. I love all the stuff with Roman. I love his bickering with Ludacris. That, that shit is so freaking funny. Yeah. I think that part eight might be, I, that might be my favorite one. If it's not that, it's part five with the bank heist stuff. It's one or the other. I mean, they're both neck and neck in my opinion. And that matches my opinion. I told you, dude, mm-hmm. I, I, five and eight are, they're neck and neck for me. They're so good. You know, it also helps that, uh, we watched uh, part five for uh, for your bachelor party, and so I always like whenever whenever I think about part five, it's like ah, we watched that for your bachelor party. That's cool. So anyway. I always forget that. I can't imagine why. <clears throat> <laughs> Eugene pissing in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, back to you. Quit whining. That's yeah. Shh, shh. Be quiet. Doggo got in. Come here, you little Ewok. Be quiet. Okay. I don't even know, do I? And see, the thing is, I don't... I'm not sure which of those uh, 6, 7, 8 I own on Blu-ray, because I, I was given those codes by Dave. But I know I pick them up whenever I come across them. I have to see where... what holes I'm... I gotta see what holes I'm missing. Ooh! Let's, let's talk about George Eastman. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about... More VHS. How about that? Okay. Uh, I'm I'm just killing time while I'm Googling or uh, looking on IMDb because uh, there's like 15 movies with this title. 
From 1991, another lost thriller, at least lost to me, Under Suspicion. Starring Liam Neeson, a bunch of British people, and... Okay, yeah, don't have her name. I mean, she's only second build, but, you know, IMDb, let's not have her... Let's not have her in the top two. It's not even listed. Great. That's that's wonderful. Great. I can't... I don't know how to pronounce her frickin' name. I can't believe... I gotta go to full cast to try and find it. She's the second star of the movie. Laura San Giacomo? You would recognize her if you saw her. Okay. She was in The Stand. The She was the crazy, kind of crazy lady in The Stand. She rode with the singer for a while. Uh, that's Mick Garris, so hazy. Hazy. Forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, this is a kind of, I would, it starts off kind of being a cop movie, but it's set in 1959. Disgraced cop turned private detective Tony. Aaron works on falsifying adulteries to use his evidence in divorce cases. And uh, he uses his wife as the fictional... They don't let you get divorced unless you have proof of adultery. So, and it's illegal to falsify that proof. So these people come and hire him, these dudes who want to get out of their marriages. He sends them to a hotel with his wife and then knocks on the door 10 minutes later and pops in and takes a picture of them in stages of undress so that they can go get divorced from their spouses. Except one time he goes to do this and his wife and the guy are riddled with bullet holes and they're dead. So we've got a a thriller is what this is. A cop procedural. And for the most part, it works quite well. It is a whodunit, and I was curious whodunit all the way to the end. And at the end, of course, we gotta have a healthy twist, which, of course, comes with a another twist! Twist on twist on twist. Mm-hmm. In the end, it was a perfectly serviceable film for this kind of film, which I don't... I'm not gonna give it super high marks. It was just merely okay. But, uh, I mean, if you're interested in seeing a naked Liam Neeson run across a lawn in the first 15 minutes, uh, there you go. And I couldn't, uh, yep. see if the, there was any truth to the rumor that he has the cock the size of a Dasani bottle because of my blurry VHS. But if you want to try and track down a high definition version of this movie, it's from 1991 and Godspeed. Let me know if you find it because I want to see if that's true. Dun, dun. Next up from 1984 is Tightrope, starring Clint Eastman. (laughs) (laughs) So father and son tonight. I mean, father and son on this episode. Mr. Mr. and uh, offspring Eastman. Uh, This was another Warner Brothers clamshell that I picked up. Which beautiful. I remember that. I remember that from the VHS days. So have you seen this movie? You know, I think I have back in the VHS days, but I don't, I'm actually curious as to what the movie's about because it, I feel like I've seen this one, but I don't remember it. New Orleans single dad and cop, Wes Block, goes after a serial rapist killer, but when he gets too close to the target, uh, the hunter suddenly becomes the hunted. This is kind of another detective-y cop movie, There's a, but a little slashery because they're, it's shot a little slashery. You know what I mean? Like you're on the killer sometimes, you see him killing the victims, um, here and there. And that's kind of what I remember too, is that it, it felt like I kind of remember it being a little slashery. It it's, but it, it's still, it's, it's Clint Eastman, so it's gotta be a detective, yeah, yeah. detective thing. <laughs> um, and it, 
I mean, it's definitely freaking R-rated because he goes from strip club to strip club to whorehouse to strip club and slash rings and boobies everywhere. Uh, it's mm-hmm. okay. I give it about the same. I mean, I, I liked it a little better than Under Suspicion because of Clint Eastwood. But uh, other than that, eh, eh, all right, it's okay. Um, I, I kind of see it maybe popping up on some of your niche labels because of the slashery way it was shot. Subject yeah. matter. Yeah, I, I think I've seen it. I do, and I. It's probably that exact, probably from Video Connection, and probably that exact clamshell VHS. Not the one that you actually own. We're not in that uh, small of a world, but <laughs> right, right. Oh, I remember seeing yeah, it on the but, shelves uh, too. I don't know if that one's got a Blu-ray release or not. Oh, they're probably both on freaking Amazon Prime, and you can go watch them for yourself. Yeah, is it worth the watch though? Tightrope. I mean. For you, under suspicion, you no. Tightrope might be. Okay. I might have to give that one a, a shot if I can find it uh, streaming anywhere. Yeah, take a look. Let me know what you think. Let me know what it looks like when it's clear. Because I just saw a lot of kind of fuzzy, very 80s fake titties. Okay. Uh, back to you. <laughs> okay. Desolation. Let's eviscerate that real quick so we can move on to better stuff. Uh, <laughs> this, that- is, this is last round, by the way. Oh, it is. Okay. Perfect. Good. Um, good. Desolation. Uh, is that Netflix? That's Netflix. Uh, that uh, failed my trailer test. I was going to throw it your way, and then I watched the trailer, and I said, nope. Yep. Hour and 18 minutes, a.k.a. four hours of <laughs> stupid people walking around the woods, and a hobo shows up, and uh, mom and her kid, they're fighting bicker, and she's sad because husband's no longer with us, and he's kind of an annoying little shit. And Hobo shows up again, and nothing happens again for a while, and this was awful. I'm awful. I'm so pissed off that I wasted my time watching this versus having an actual, like, actual roulette. Like, I wasted my time watching this when I could have watched this on a roulette and it would have meant something. It would have (laughs) meant something to the world, but instead it's 75 minutes of my life that... It still means something to the world and to the podcast, because now we know. Yes, that's right. Um, This was terrible. Like, I am actually considering revisiting my review of Tremors. Like, I gave that zero, and I gave this zero, and I gave Day of the Dead zero, and I'm like, they're all zeros, but in hierarchy here, I'm like, maybe I was a little too tough on... Tremors? On Tremors, because this was shit. Like, (laughs) nothing, like, okay, video camera... A lighting equipment, whatever. You guys walk around the woods and talk about your feelings and smoke some pot now because you're... Wait, the mom and her kids? Oh, the mom and her girlfriend, whatever. The kid's asleep. Well, he's he knows that they are, though, but they're smoking pot because they're bonding. and It's so awful. Uh, please, I, I really want you to watch this. Hell no, this is your problem. You have this problem. I, I start things, and if they suck, I turn them off. You have got to see everything through to the bitter end, and I yeah. just don't. Oh. I, I told you, dude, did not pass the trailer test. I didn't oh. even give it to you on the roulette. Think about that. Yeah. The shit that you... I You watched Tremor 6. That passed, like... Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How bad the trailer has to... Uh, I, here's the thing. I don't give you... Stuff on the roulette just because it's horror. I want to make this very clear. I don't yeah. give you anything that does not interest me at least a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm not just going to placate your problem 
of <laughs> being obsessed with horror. My obsession, yeah. Yes, that that's your problem, not mine. Uh, I'm if I, so I'm not giving you these ghosty teen yeah. things that I find that, that you throw my way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is not even a horror movie. Like, I, there's maybe thirty seconds of horror in this. I guess I don't. I honestly don't remember how it ends. I hated it that bad. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah zero stars. I'm sorry, but if you make a movie that bad, I'm not going to even award you a half a star for being having video video cameras set up in the woods. No, <laughs> awful, awful. Okay, um, let's go back to some Vin Diesel goodness. Riddick. I rewatched Riddick after many years, and I'm glad I did. Uh, uh, because wait, wait, I, is this part three? This is part three. Yes. Okay. Um, just, I was like, after the, the last two Furious movies, I'm like, ah, You should have watched, Triple uh, X3 next. That should be your next one. I should, you know, yeah, cause that's on movies, on, you've got that on Movies Unlimited, right? I, uh, I don't know if I do. I have it on Blu-ray. You know what? I, I might you know have what? to borrow I'll it. I'll add it, I'll add it to the stack when we gotta swap out for Tenebra and stuff. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, you know what? I watched, this is the third time I've watched Riddick. Uh, the first time was in the theater when I lived in Florida. Second time was on Blu-ray, the extended version, and then this, this time here. And I gotta say, it's starting to not hold up near like I remembered it. The first time I loved it. Second time, loved it as well. This time, I still liked it, but it, and I think that you said this back when you watched it the first time, but you were like, this is like a kind of a, another version of the first Pitch Black. And it is. It's Pitch Black with a, Bigger budget and more effects, and it's that. That's not a bad thing. It's quite good. It's way it's way too long, in my opinion. It's uh, the director's cut clocks in at over two hours, and that's long. Uh, I, but having said that, the effects are really good. Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel, of course. I really like the. Uh, I, I thought that before the the no, oh, what are they called? The the Mercs show up to catch their bounty, which is Vin Diesel. Uh, I like that he's exploring the planet and, you know, he's getting the feel of the land and he finds that alien dog thing. All of that was fantastic. And I honestly almost wish that they would have gone more that route with literally just him on a planet. How do I get off this planet before these creatures get to me? I think that would have been cool. But having said that, I mean, the, the Merc stuff was good, but it's stuff that we've kind of seen before. Yeah. And I think so, I've seen this movie three times now, and I kind of feel like uh, I, I mirror your review. Uh, I don't know if I felt like it was too long, but it definitely takes uh, too many of the same uh, beats from Pitch Black. Um, that being said, I kind of went the opposite way that you did with each review. Like the first time I watched it, I was like, okay. The second time I watched it, it was like, I enjoyed that a lot more than the first time. Then the third time I watched it, I was like, no, I'm back to the first time again. And I'm sure the next time I watch it, it'll just be that roller coaster back and yeah. forth each time I watch it. It's like, ah, at least I have another one. Yeah. So. It's good. Batista's in it. I'm more, I, you know, every time I see Batista in a movie, he's just good. He's just like, he's likable in movies, even though some of his acting can be clunky. I'm like, ah, he's kind of the big lunkhead dude with the sprouts, funny lines. And I, I like him. Uh, Did you fact, watch that uh, Red Band trailer for Hotel Artemis that's coming out soon? He's in. Uh no, I haven't. <laughs> you need to. I posted the Green Band trailer, and I don't. I don't post second trailers to the page because they always give away too much. Yeah. And this one didn't. It, I wouldn't say it gave away too much, but you should watch the Red Band trailer for him. He is. He plays a nurse in it, and he's so huge. It's just hilarious. <laughs> it's it's great. That movie looks awesome. By the way, you know, I actually think that uh, because. Dave Batista is actually 
I think that you would agree. He is kind of becoming a bigger and bigger star now with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think that um, he would be a great fit for another Fast and Furious movie. I think I, that would be great yeah. to have him as like a new villain or a new member of the family. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway. 100%. Um, but there you go. I I enjoyed watching it again. I, I, I wish that Dave Toei would make more movies. He just like... It's almost like I forget about him, and then every, you know, every five, six years, it's like, ah, he's still around, and he just made another movie, but it's like, I don't know if he's made anything since Riddick. I don't think he has. He's kind of like Clive Barker, though. It's like, why do these people struggle to find funding? Well, I know why Toei does. It's like, his budgets and his box office are too close. Yeah, That's why they're like, eh. He's only made one movie that I can remember that I flat out didn't much care for, and that was uh, Perfect Getaway. Otherwise, I like his movies. I agree. And there you go. Okay. One dud, one win. <laughs> one last one for me and we'll be done. Okay. Black Panther. Rented oh, this one. Nice. Rented this one on Voodoo with the wife and I quite, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was totally fine. I thought it had some uh, real powerful moments, especially towards the end when I thought Michael B. Jordan is one of the most compelling villains in the, so far. Yep. Holy crap. Uh, I really loved his performance. That being said, I don't think it really went off the Marvel book too much, you know, if, of uh, what you need to do for a Marvel origin movie, and uh, that's fine. It, it works. It's, yeah, but it's also not going to go uh, super high marks for me like Winter Soldier or Guardians of the Galaxy or those ones that like feel like they really took a chance. Um, there were a couple of scenes that I thought looked too green screeny, the waterfall stuff, where you can tell like, oh, that part's a set and the rest is fake. But uh, I, it's a rock solid movie. I look forward to more. Where would that. you put that in the uh, in the hierarchy of Marvel movies right now? Uh, middle. I, I mean, and that's not a negative. Even the middle of the Marvel movies is still, uh, yeah, glowing. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's funny that how fantastic that movie did at the box office, and I would easily pick the new Thor movie over that any day of the week. And I really enjoyed Black Panther, but I think that Thor was, I thought I thought it was way better. Just Funnier. I I thought I mean I would tend to agree, but they took more chances with that Thor movie. But how did it end? This has been plaguing me for the last two weeks. How does that Thor movie end? Because I can't remember. <laughs> no, it ends with uh, Thor and spoiler. Uh, no, Thor and Loki. I'll are just on watch the... it again. <laughs> no, it's it's sort of like the third act. I'm just I can't remember how that movie wrapped up. And I don't know. I, that was I'll... great. I loved Thor. That's that is one of. Probably top three favorite uh, Marvel movies. Maybe I even top two. I, I loved the new Thor movie. I don't know if I go quite that far, but I, I top ten. I could ah, maybe, maybe. I did enjoy I just, it, but I, yeah. I know why that Black Panther movie. I had this discussion at the bachelor party this last weekend because a guy was asking me there, buddy of mine. Why do you think that movie did so so much bank? He just couldn't quite understand it because he didn't care for it all that much. I mean, he liked it. It was per- perfectly fine. He didn't have a problem with it. He just didn't understand why it blew up. And I was, well, it's a minority-themed thing. You're a, a superhero movie that appeals to a much wider audience than uh, just, you know, us whiteys running everything. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have no problem with it. I think it's... I, I, like the box office more, yeah. and I like the movie. I think that's fantastic, and Isn't I love that, that it I, exists. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's so cool how good that movie did, and because of... It's know. because I want more of that. Put more minorities in the center stage of these movies, because they deserve to be, because they're in the comics that way, and it's, they should 
be on the same freaking stage as all these other people. I got to yep. watch my mouth now. My mom's here. <laughs> mom's oh. here dropping off the kid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do more of that. You know, uh, this, this white, I was reading an article t- today about, uh, is whitewashing really a problem? Yes, of course it is. Are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen enough white. I, I'm more than fine with seeing, uh, color, uh, yeah. to being in the main role. Do that. That, that it's more realistic. <laughs> I agree. I think that's what uh, one of the many reasons why Get Out was such a good movie is because of that very reason there. Yeah. Now that's. I think that would be more of the actual subject. Matter. The subject matter. Oof. Yeah. Man, that movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to do coming soon, or just wrap this up? Sure. Yes. You? Actually, yes, I do because I've got a couple that I'm looking forward to teasing for. I'm not sure if I'll get to it on by episode 200, and you'll know why because. Oh, all right, that boy! I, didn't, I, 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 I was waiting. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I wasn't a good why? setup there. That was a bad I setup. Why? why? Why do I know why? I don't know why. I, I, know, I know that was stupid. <laughs> oh, oh, head uh, sick and stuff, and I'm blah. <laughs> okay, um, I'm rewatching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh. Yes, extended uh, cuts. So expect that to be finished in 2022. <laughs> well, uh, my mom just dropped off my birthday gift from my sister which is all three DVDs of the animated Rankin and Bass. Oh, The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and Return of the King. I asked for The Return of the King because that's the only one I don't have. I've got uh, The Hobbit on VHS and The Lord of the Rings on DVD. Now I have two copies. Um, Do you want one? (laughs) Yes, I do, actually. I would love to watch them, by the way. Well, you can have Lord of the Rings on DVD. Um, Okay. And so I'll be watching Return of the King soon. And uh, speaking of Lord of the Rings... I want to watch those Hobbit movies again, and I have them all on Voodoo, the extended cuts that I have not seen, so I might do that. I don't know if I will, though. I'm going to get around to that eventually. I don't know if it'll be real soon, but maybe we'll finish them up the same time together around episode 400 of the show. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, just to make sure that we mention... Uh, Mr. Eastman, I do have Iron Master pulled back out uh, of the pile, ready for a greasy rewatch of <laughs> of that uh, fantastic Conan the Barbarian ripoff that I reviewed uh, probably back uh, not quite a year ago. I can't wait to watch that one again. I, I giddy Umberto Lenzi, George Eastman, and another no name Italian greased up, muscle bound, loincloth <laughs> barbarian. Yes. Ah, All me. Thanks. Now I got to go talk to my mom with a raging heart on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow! That should do it. I, I just whispered that real quiet so she, they wouldn't hear me. <laughs> okay, Ooh. I will see you at some point in the future for episode two hundred, sir. Here we go. All right, talk to you then. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to Movie Freaks. If you would like to get a hold of us, or drop us a line, or tell us you liked a review, or hated a review, or you disagree, or agree, or anything at all, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod. You can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Thanks for listening.